0: welcome to grateful scripts and i'm your host lindsay paulson join us as we dive in each week to talk healing adulting and resources from trauma life and just showing up for one another together we're going to learn everything our parents forgot to teach us in a community of grace and humility Grab the coziest blanket you have some snacks snuggle up and be ready to digest the best script that anyone can prescribe This is The Grateful Script. Welcome back to Grateful Scripts. I am so excited to have you all back returning for this episode. Last week was just me, myself, and I kind of going over five of the things I wish I had known a little bit about miscarriage. And I gave you a sneak peek and letting you know that I would be talking to somebody else in regards to this topic, and this one might last a few episodes, so just hang hang tight and bear with me, but I did get really good feedback, so super excited. Um, just people who had kind of been through that very similar situation and did feel alone and did feel as if they didn't have anybody to talk to, and that is a perfect, I mean, absolute perfect segue to the guest that I have today, Miss Jolene Combs. She is going to be discussing with me today a little bit about her podcast. And so we actually connected through a mutual friend, and her podcast is called Motherhood Off the Rails. And there are going to be multiple, multiple seasons about just different paths to motherhood and miscarriages or infertility. And so it goes to show you that women are seeking to tell their story. So Miss Jolene, I am so excited to have you today. I am so excited to be here. I feel like we have
1: jumped every hurdle of sickness and rescheduling <laughs> to get here and I'm so excited we're finally doing this.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. so we would pick a date, somebody's kid would get sick. we'd pick another day, another kid would get sick. So this is a yep. long thought episode to record, but basically, I want her to be able to communicate with you all just as a resource about her podcast stories that she's told and then tell a little bit about her own story. And I know that it will absolutely appeal and speak truth into you all because it is such a topic that needs to be heard and something that can make you feel so lonely and vulnerable. So I'm going to open the floor to let her introduce herself and talk about her podcast and all things great. Yes. Thank
1: you so much for having me. Um, this podcast is a new, all-consuming, amazing part of my life. And so I am so excited anytime I get to share, um, especially with a fellow podcast community. So thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Jolene. I live in, I've been living in Lexington, Kentucky since 2015. Um, and I taught for seven years before making the very easy decision to stay home with my son. Um, I have been married for, I think, yeah, four and a half years. Had to do the math there. Um, and my husband and I absolutely love being parents. Our son was born in 2021. And so he's two and a half now and just so much fun. Um, when he was about a year and a half, um, we knew that we wanted to um, have another kid. We originally tossed around the idea of three. Um, but when we really got in the trenches of one just newborn, we were like, eh, nope. Two is what it is. <laughs> so we knew that two was Absolutely kind of... Absolutely
0: understand. This one, the third is just like, what's more? What's one more? Yeah. yeah. I always joke
1: that um, I don't want any more kids than I have hands to hold. So um, we knew that we wanted um, at least one more. Um, and so in November or December of 2022 is when we started trying for our second um and you know with the knowledge that it might happen really quickly cuz sometimes it does with the second um it might take a while cuz it took a few months with our son um so we were in no rush and as many of us know when we're in no rush is when it happens right away and so i found out that i was pregnant um january 9 of this year 2023 um And we were both shocked and we were excited. Um, And as so many people know, the second you get that test, that positive test, you start dreaming. Um, You start just, yeah, you can't believe that it happened and that your family is getting that extra addition that you always dreamed of. Um, I did way more than I should have that week. In retrospect, I bought um, maternity leggings that are actually very comfortable. I don't regret getting them
0: at all. (laughs) Um, First first and foremost is nothing else matters besides those leggings.
1: No, 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 no. They're the best. Um, And even though my son was only a year and a half I kind of told him, too. Um, He wasn't fully talking at that time, but he knew that a baby kind of made like a crying noise. And so I would say, you know, there's a mom, there's a baby in mommy's belly. Um, And he would point at my belly and kind of make the crying noise every so often. So that week was really, really fun. Um, And then as many of you know that have kids, getting a date night is a rare, rare thing. And so my husband and I, to celebrate, um, got a date night. I think it was just a few days, about five or six days later um, that weekend. um, We went out, and we celebrated, and we just dreamt together. And it it was beautiful. Um, On the way back, though, I felt a pain that I knew was not right. Um, My pregnancy with my first one with my son was textbook perfect nothing wrong. And so when I felt that pain, I instantly knew that something was off, something was wrong. And But I went to bed that night and didn't really think anything of it. And then that next morning, um, January 15th, was when I started bleeding. And years before, when I had first heard about miscarriage, and I had friends experiencing it, I always told myself that if I had a miscarriage, I wouldn't want to try again. I would be done. It would devastate me too much. Um, but I remember, and this might be a little bit TMI, but on our our podcast, there's no such thing as TMI. What, what um, you tell I remember sitting on the toilet, bleeding, knowing what was happening and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wanted to try again. It was just this feeling that I knew our family was not complete. I knew our family wasn't done. And so I was very fortunate, um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but now hearing all the stories that I have, I was fortunate that I didn't have to go to the ER. I was able to um, pass the baby at home, um, and I did that the next day, January 16th. And it was... I had lost grandparents before that at that point, I had lost two grandparents. Um, but that tiny little life I was only at six weeks um was the greatest loss that I had ever experienced in my life. Um, but again, as if you have a toddler, if you have kids and you go through some type of grief or loss, you know that you don't have the luxury of wallowing in your bed, laying on the couch for days on end, and grieving as society kind of sees fit. Um, I had to pick myself back up. I had to continue getting my toddler out of the house because he didn't know what was going on, obviously. And so I had to let myself grieve. During his nap time, that was the time I did. I let myself grieve after he went to bed. Um, And it really taught me that I didn't properly know how to grieve. But thankfully, through therapy and time, um, I learned how to grieve properly. And during this process, um, I really um, did some thinking um, and it wasn't all on my own. Um, I know that to this day that what came out of my grief was not solely my idea. It was not solely my purpose that I came up with. Um, as with all great ideas, it came to me in the shower. <laughs> um, a few weeks after our miscarriage, um, I had the idea of starting a podcast. Um, It was kind of tongue in cheek because everybody's starting a podcast these days. Why can't I? What's the worst that could happen? And um, I texted my best friend who is actually um, shared her story on episode two. You can go back and listen to season one, episode two and hear her story. But she has been my best friend since college and she had walked through loss before me. And so she really knew what it was like to grieve and to lose. And she had been with me every single step of the way. And I remember getting out of the shower and immediately texting her and saying, what do you think about this idea? Could we create a community of men, women, parents, and everybody in between centered around loss, um, the loss of miscarriage, and infertility, IVF, adoption, egg freezing, those that didn't want to become parents. I mean, I wanted to open up the floodgates of loss and include everybody that was willing to share. And she said, yeah, why the heck not? Let's see where this goes. So that was end of January, beginning of February. I kind of put it on the back burner. Didn't really think much of it. Fast forward to around March sometime. I have always been an avid journaler. And the idea had kind of popped back up into my head um, this whole time. I knew it was God speaking to me, being a shadow of a doubt. Um, and I was journaling one morning, thinking about my loss and what I had been through and what we had been through as a family. And he started speaking these names to me, that uh, names of women who I knew personally um, from Here locally in Kentucky, or just as you know, people that I knew online that had been through some type of loss. And in my journal, Mm -hmm. I wrote at the top of the page the names of 22 women that had been through some type of loss. And I remember sitting there and looking at that list and thinking, wow, the chances of every single one of those women knowing somebody else that is always excuse me, that has already experienced loss, those chances are very, very high. So I was like, you know what? There's something here. Let's see what happens. Again, kind of put it on the back burner. Nothing really happened about it. Fast forward to April. I joined a Bible study of um, six moms who just wanted to spend an evening, I know, every other week together in community, just kind of sharing this life as moms. We get to the first meeting. I knew two of the group, um, and I went into that Bible study with no inkling, no idea that I was going to share my miscarriage story. I had, I was removed from it. I was kind of at the point where I kind of just wanted to move on. Um, and yet, as many of us in the faith community, if you've been in a church culture, no, um, when we're supposed to share our story, um there will be that itch, that voice in the back of the he- our head that doesn't let us not share it. And so, I don't even remember what the Bible study was on, but we're getting towards the end, and there's just little snippets here and there that would just be a perfect segue for my story and so. I just opened up and I shared. I had It just kind of tumbled out. It was the first time I had shared publicly about my story. And come to find out, five out of the six women in that Bible study group we had never met before had experienced loss. And even the sixth one, even though she had not experienced physical loss, was going through really difficult postpartum depression. So all of us in that group of women who didn't, you know, a few of us kind of knew each other, but didn't were' connected by our loss at all. All of us had experienced some type of loss and I walked out of that Bible study, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is what I needed to do um and the ball just started rolling from there, got a microphone, did the research, um started an Instagram account and you know email all of that like. Very fine tuned, basic stuff that you need to start an online community. Um, and in July of this year, 2023, I started recording. And at first, I had a small list of just friends or family that had already agreed to share their story. Then, when we had been on Instagram for, I don't even think it was a month we got um, our first request from a woman that wanted to share her own story. And then they just started pouring in. People started finding us. We were getting more followers than I even knew was possible for such a tiny little community. And so wrapping up the year uh, here in a few weeks, we will have um, helped 30 women tell their stories um, we will have reached people all over the world um we've had guests from the u k from Canada um we've had listeners as far as Africa, and it just it blows my mind. If you had given Jolene these kind of statistics back at the end of January when this idea just first the seed was first planted, I would have laughed. I would have said that's not possible. Little old me doesn't create giant things like this.
0: Um, And yet... Well, I I want to just say really super quickly, hats off to you, because I think the reason you have gotten such an enormous response is because people have felt alone. People feel Mm -hmm. alone and lost. And like you Mm -hmm. said, it's hard for people to not only know how to grieve, but... Grieving is such a personal, intimate space. And so, like you were saying, you did it at nap time. I mean, you almost had to schedule the times that you were allowed to feel sad. And that can be an isolating, just an overall isolating concept. And then you post it and everybody's like, well, she's talking about it. So I can talk about it. And I think it just opens up a bigger conversation that is so important for just loss in general, and I am so happy for you for getting those that kind of just response and having people reach out and kind of explain and go over these things with you because I think it is truly needed for just starting the conversation.
1: yep, and there are so many themes that I could talk about that connect every single one of the stories, but you're right. One of the biggest themes is that people feel alone in their loss. Um, An illustration that one woman brought up in her story is that when you lose an adult, when you lose a grandparent, you know, in any way, if you have a funeral, there is a burial, there is a meal afterwards. Everybody wears black, everybody gets together, and, you know, it's very visible grief. But when you are walking through IVF and going through your fourth round of that, when you're walking through infertility and don't know when you're going to hold a baby, when you've had multiple miscarriages back to back and don't have that rainbow baby yet, nobody's holding a funeral for you. Nobody is n- really knows how to react to that kind of grief. And um, I think the saddest reaction to somebody's grief that I've heard so far is a woman was told that she was trying to get attention by sharing her story and sharing her grief. And she should just be quiet because she's just trying to get attention. And when I heard that, it broke my heart into a million pieces. But also I asked myself the question, how many other women have been given a similar response and just bottled everything up and didn't want... I mean, why would you want to open up about the greatest loss of your life when there's a chance that people are going to respond in a very heartless, senseless way? So yeah. Everybody feels so alone and I'm just trying to create this small, comfy, um, vulnerable part of the corner of the internet where people can come and
0: share their stories. Well, and to even piggyback off of that, I had a viewer that wrote on a comment on Instagram, just, you know, the weird, you said the thing about attention and how people say like the weirdest, strangest thing. Um, She was actually in the middle of a DNC and that she did have a male doctor, and she's like, you know, obviously emotions are heightened, and she's like feeling physically ill. And his response was, You shouldn't feel physically ill anymore because you're not pregnant. So that nausea should have already passed. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, What kind of self awareness do we not have during that grief? You know, well, first of all, this human is a very, um, kind because I would have said some words for that individual that probably would have not sat well with him. <laughs> yeah. Um she probably did not ha- elicit the same response, but I am a little bit uh stronger in my verbiage because it's just so senseless that those are still comments that women are hearing when they're already in a bad place. That it just it runs right through me. Just, oh yeah, you're you know. You shouldn't be sick. This should all be fine. It's like, well, I, I just don't know that they fully grasp it all. What, okay, good. What would you say is your biggest blessing as far as just kind of setting up this community? And what do you think has transpired for you personally, um, just watching all of this grow? How much time do we have? I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, there. <laughs> There
1: has been more blessings than I realized were even possible. I mean, the simple fact that this is, um, I think, the third, almost about the fourth podcast that I've been able to share um, this story on. I've been able to share with my church. I've been able to share with so many. um, And the... And just the response is so reassuring on the days when I'm feeling overwhelmed by recording, on the days when I'm trying to juggle motherhood and this. But the responses and the people saying, just thank you for doing this, make it all so worth it. Um, The women that I have been able to connect with, the friends that, that they, just the strangers that have now become friends. Um, I joke so often, I, I re- people are really going to get tired of hearing it, that you're not supposed to meet strangers on the internet, but you know, this right. is the best way to do it if you're going to meet strangers on the internet.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so just, I know, I think the- <laughs> about that. When we were started to planning and it was like, do I give this person I hopefully they're gonna be a normal human being and then you know these are the things you got to worry about
1: yeah yeah but not with this community
0: no I think it's been so good and actually I had another friend who went through a miscarriage and you were the first podcast that I sent her I was oh, like you know you are we not alone here like this is a testament to her you know not feeling this way because you get, you're like, oh my gosh, who do I talk? Who do I ask these questions to? My yeah. doctor said this like, should I actually do this or should I? You know, there's a lot of what ifs and ands, but you know, if your best friend's been through this or other women, you can say, well, you know, here they can seek that advice or just hear those words of encouragement and it makes. Make something that's so scary a little bit less scary when you know what's coming forward and kind of what to expect.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if if I can pave the way for somebody that hasn't even started their motherhood journey yet, and just give them a heads up of what's what might be ahead, um, because the statistics show that every. I shouldn't say everybody, so many are going to walk through some type of loss. And I think it might have helped me, uh, I shouldn't say it might have, I don't know if it would have helped me handle my loss better, but it would have been nice to know that it was even a possibility. So if I can give a heads up to somebody and say, hey, there might be loss on the horizon, but you're not going to be alone because you've got a community here backing you up. If I can do that, then it was totally worth it.
0: Well, and I I empathize with that on the last episode because I, my biggest weakness is patience and I always want to know what's coming next and I hate living in fear. And I think fear is such a a concept that you develop personally Mm -hmm. and the fear of the unknown when you're going through this is so exhausting you know, what's going to happen to my body? What's going to happen this? Should I pick this option or this option? That can be overwhelming when you're already trying to go through the grieving process. Yeah. So I hope and pray every day that people know that these resources are out there and that they can feel where what everyone's going through and, and where we're all coming from and that they they have that sense of community overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So as far as your podcast goes, where can they find you? What's your Instagram handle? what's what's the upcoming content looking like? Give us a little bit of the inside scoop.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um our main hub is on Instagram. Um I don't have time to handle any other platforms, so that's just where we're gonna be for a while. There you, go. Um, there you, go. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple. Um, just by searching motherhood off the rails on any one of those platforms. Um, We are in a uh, break between season one and season two right now, just with the holidays and new people would be busy. Um, But season one is fully uploaded on both Spotify and Apple. So you can go back and listen to those before we launch season two in January. So I'm really excited. um, Obviously about every single season. Uh, But season two um, is going to be really amazing. And so that'll be um, January three is when the first episode of season two comes out.
0: Perfect. And then the, her Instagram handle is M O T R underscore pod as in podcast. So M O T R (laughs) underscore P O D. So you can find little snippets and clips and, Follow along that way, you get to the, the correct area and you can see all of the great work that she's doing through all of these seasons. So, Jolene, thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate you, and you guys can get on the Grateful Scripts podcast and see some of her content reshared there. So, yeah, definitely. All right, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs>